Hello. This is me starting it off because I was told that I was supposed to start it off. You're nailing it so far. Thank you. Uh, we have a, a special guest today. The chooser of our of our of our movies mm-hmm. was on our slate. This is her second time on the podcast, mm-hmm. though. You're uh, aware of this one beforehand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello to my mommy. Yay. Hello. Hi. All right. I've I've been promised that you're going to be more involved this time. Okay. Is that right? Unfiltered, uncensored. <laughs> um, yeah. So thanks for coming on. Thank you for choosing. That was the first time that some that somebody's picked something other than just Justin or I. Mm-hmm. So it was a big, big deal, and you did a really good job. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Um. So, Justin, how was your week? Anything worth repeating? Um. All, all the cats. That had balls no longer have balls. Are they all still household. alive that were alive? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's yes. all that were alive are still alive, and all balls are gone. So that's exciting. Good. You're, are you doing the spade thing for the rest of them? Uh, yeah. We eventually will get Harlow spade, and then um, when the kittens are old enough, get them all their shots and spade and neutered. How do you feel about the number of animals that are in his household? I think he comes by it naturally, but I wouldn't have that many in my household anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't have that many in my household if it were my choice, <laughs> but it is not. So there's no balls left in your house is what you're saying. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, um, so you're, you're officially on track, right? You, sure. You're on, uh, you're playing the game now. Uh, yep. Awesome. Ish. Ish? Yeah. Not been going so great? I, I mean, I'm not hardcore into it yet, but I've eaten less McDonald's this past week. So, my goal is to make Justin a better person. So, I presented <laughs> him. That. <laughs> she's she like, tried for years. I was going to say, she's been trying for decades. Yeah. So, um, I presented him where I made a bet of who before episode 100 could lose the most weight. Um. And he's down three pounds yep. in six weeks. So good job. <laughs> you're down 31. So, so you're winning. I am. Um, but you just started doing it. Yeah. So, so good there for you. There are 30 more weeks to go. There are. So you, you can totally catch up. Yep. Um, but since you've officially weighed in and you started, mm-hmm. I decided the best offense is a good defense. Okay. So I have a gift for you. Oh, okay. So you feel free while we're while we're going through the podcast or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we did this early this morning. We're recording at a different time. So to make sure that I was ready, that I could have part of my day, uh, I was up at four okay. this morning. Uh, I've already been to the store. I've already done some yard work and stuff. And I made this for you. Oh, thanks. By the way, you said best offense is a good defense. I think you meant the exact opposite. Don't know. But <laughs> I made you some Cheeto Rice Krispie treats. So feel free to help yourself throughout the podcast with those. I I was actually hoping that you would bake me cookies or something. I would have totally eaten a shit ton of cookies. That looks disgusting. You haven't tried it, though. I, I, nor will I. Okay. It'll be there the whole podcast okay. for you. So it feel smells, free to help yourself. It smells amazing and gross at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. I did try the uh, Cheetos thing at, at burger king it was like uh 
macaroni and cheese, like fried with Cheeto dust on it or something. It was disgusting. Hmm. So I'm expecting that to go kind of the same way if, okay. if I were to try it, but I will not. Um, yeah. So you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I figure if I don't lose anymore and I just keep you exactly where you are, yeah. then I can still win. Yeah, there you go. Are you good with this? I'm good with it. Oh, okay. Motivating him to try to do better. I'll try to get motivate myself to do better. Yeah. Um, do we want to tell her what happens to the loser? <laughs> go for it. No, go ahead. This is your mom. <laughs> so, uh, back on was episode one, was it episode one? Episode one. Episode one. Uh, he said that he he had a proposition for me, and that was that if we made it to episode one hundred, that uh that i would get a tattoo no 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 we would each get a tattoo i said i would get a tattoo and you need to do something and you come up with what you want to do and okay. you came up with that you on told own. me that i need to drink a beer is what you said i said or something <laughs> along those lines and you actually came back at episode two and i said what are you going to do it didn't have to be a tattoo it didn't have to be drinking a beer it just had to be something and you're the one that said well i'm i'm not i'm a i'm not opposed to a tattoo okay I am opposed to drugs and alcohol. And that's fine. Because they're bad. I just said that I told you you could have picked anything in the world (laughs) that was on par with those things. Okay. Anyway, so you opted. Mm -hmm. This was not me. Don't put this on me. It was on him. It was not on me. You can go back and listen to it. (laughs) This was not on me. Go ahead. Oh, so then uh, a few weeks ago we switched it to uh, this bet and then whoever loses has to get a tattoo related to the the podcast uh of the winners choosing so that is approved yes. by a significant other approved by a significant other so it's nothing it can't be anything horrible yeah um but, but I, th- I think both of our significant others have said fuck you i don't care <laughs> yeah <laughs> so. i think you'd be hard pressed for to come up with something for my wife this should be like i don't know about that <laughs> I mean, you already have Howie Mandel on your leg. That's true. Yeah. I do. So, um, I promise I'll be nice to him because I'm going to win. <laughs> I'm going to win. Yep. Just like just like you were going to win our other, po- our other podcast challenge. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I was confident going into that, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else? Not you want to really dive any- straight in? Anything going on in the Hall household? Oh, nothing worth repeating. Just <laughs> just trying to... I have to get up at 4 a.m. to do anything on my own because I work and then get home. And, of course, I can't ignore the kids as much as I want to. <laughs> yeah. It's Which, always a struggle. Oh, it's painful. Yeah. Uh, and then it's springtime, so there's yard work and stuff to do now. Yeah. This is your first year with a yard. Yeah. Did you make Justin do yard work going, growing up, or was that... Has he done that? He he mowed lawn, yes. Yeah. So this is your first year with one, Justin. How are mm-hmm. you going to do with it? Uh, I'm I'm going to feed Marianne's dad, and he's going to mow our lawn. So that's I got that going for me. Good. Yeah. <laughs> How many meals a day does he eat? Because he could come <laughs> do mine too. <laughs> I don't know. He you know he might be amenable to such a situation. Yeah. Okay. I, not if you make this though. I'm telling you, gross. my four year old loved that. <laughs> I'm I'm sure 
I'm sure all four-year-olds would love that. Okay. Marshmallows and Cheetos. No. I saw it on Cracked. It was on Cracked. It was like the these things that you'd never think to try that are supposed to be great. And I was like, I got to put that in front of Justin. Oreos and nacho cheese, I will totally try. I've heard that's amazing. This, I will not. Okay. I think it would ruin both Cheetos and Rice Krispie Treats for me. How do you eat Oreos and nacho cheese? You just dip the Oreo in nacho cheese. Oh, okay. Like a, you get a good coating. Okay. Your mom is shaking her head in shame. Yeah. <laughs> I've never done it, I, but I've heard it's better good. than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you raised me better than this. So that's good. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. She has one in her hand and getting ready to eat it right <laughs> now. And <laughs> just had to set it down because you said that. Yeah. Um, all right. Mr. Sardonicus. Mr. Sardonicus. You want to give us a synopsis since uh, since this was your this is your childhood memory, right? This is my childhood memory. My uh, grandparents. My parents never allowed me to watch any scary movies. My grandparents did. And my cousin and I were up at the lake. And to me, this was I was probably 10 years old. And to me, this was really scary then. So, so what's our synopsis? So what's the synopsis of the movie, yeah. What's the movie about? Um, a, I don't you, know, you gave me a synopsis when you told me about this movie. You gave me one. I didn't okay. even know you were Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> um, she said A. Oh, uh, gotcha. That's why it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> this man... And his father bought a lottery ticket, and they find out the lottery ticket wins, and his father had passed away since they found out, and he's buried with the ticket. He um, digs him up, and his face freezes in the skeletal form. And it just, to me, it was terrifying with the, the hanging the maid by the her thumbs and putting leeches all over her. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> That's all right. That was, that was that good. Was, that was good. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like now you're just patronizing her. I'm not yeah. patronizing I'm trying to encourage because I want her to keep talking. <laughs> and I feel like if, if, she, if she just fizzles out, she's not going to talk anymore. Yeah. So it was a good. It was good. Um. The movie starts out with an intro by William Castle, and yes. it was awesome. It was awesome, but this is also, like, we've talked before about, like, I get annoyed with definitions at the beginning of any movie, uh-huh. and this is, I was going to say a twist on it, but this happened before, I think, text definitions <laughs> at the beginning of the movie, so I yeah. don't think twist is the right word, but it's something right. we haven't seen, mm-hmm. uh, to where he just straight up reads the definition of a ghoul, Yeah. Um, but I think that inherently is charming that you've got this horror host, mm-hmm. the director coming in and talking to you directly as the audience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I couldn't help but notice the definition thing. I was like, we've been doing definitions forever <laughs> in yeah. movies. But it, yeah, text isn't interesting. William Castle, at, I don't know if he's playing a William Castle character at that moment or what. But yeah, incredibly interesting. Yep. I agree. Um, Charismatic. So he talks to us about ghouls. Yes. And a ghoul is uh, a thing that used to be a man that robs graves and uh, 
feasts on corpses. Uh, which is weird because for a movie about ghouls, there's no ghouls in this movie. Well, Mr. Sardonicus is, is a ghoul. He calls himself a ghoul, I yeah. think, in the same way that, that, that I don't have an analogy for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, so we, we are, are introduced to David Hasselhoff uh, in one of his first roles as playing a doctor. Um, it's not released. I see. <laughs> I don't. It totally okay. looks like David Hasselhoff. So uh, I don't know if you remember this about Russ, but he will make jokes that aren't funny and then just go with them. So if he ever says something that's weird, just assume that it's him trying to, to make a joke. Got it. That totally looked like David Hasselhoff. I don't think it looked like David Hasselhoff at not all. Not at all. Absolutely. No. Mm-hmm. Nope. Okay. We voted one to two. I win. So, <laughs> uh, but th- this is, again, that's uh, the same thing that you see in every movie where it's like this young, handsome doctor. Mm-hmm. There's no real life doctors that good looking, right? I'm sure. Just by sheer numbers. There aren't that many people okay. that are. Let's say the, the ratio. Looking. Let's say the ratio yeah. of good looking doctors in movies. Correct. So you have David Hasselhoff as the doctor. And is David Hasselhoff good looking? Not in my opinion, but yeah. that's okay. I don't think he is. Okay. Is he stereotypically good looking? Especially if you transport yourself to nineteen ninety three. He is no. he's good looking. Yes. No. Why is he on Baywatch if he's not good looking? Uh, he is thought of as being good looking because he was on Baywatch. I think he was the foil to all these pretty ladies. And then once the show got popular, then they started putting in like Jason Momoa and like hot dudes. But I think I think he was supposed to be the foil to the beauty of the You know the what? Ladies. Thinking back though, I think David Hasselhoff was good looking until he opened his mouth <laughs> and then Yeah. It turned around. Yeah, that's true. I mean, think, you got to think about what was going on in the 80s and 90s because your your attractive guys were Burt Reynolds and Tom Selleck and Michael Landon. You know what I mean? It's not the same criteria that you're looking for with I've The Rock heard, right I've now. I've never heard Michael Landon. In the- <laughs> <laughs> Michael Landon, was a, he was a good-looking guy, right? Yes, he yeah, was. Yeah, well, Sure, but I've never heard of him. When I want to talk about good-looking men, I'm calling your mom, Okay. <laughs> Because her and I have the same taste in men. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, 80s Pantheon. Sure, Burt Reynolds, Tom Selleck, yeah. Michael, Michael Landon. Landon. <laughs> yeah. When I grew up, in the household that I grew up in, Michael Landon was an attractive man. Mm, My sorry. mom had a crush on Michael Landon. Mm-hmm. She always wanted to be in a little house down on the prairie. I think she just wanted to comb his hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a weird fetish you're about <laughs> Can I say? Hmm. Uh, she insisted that we used to have mullets. Like, it was definitely, I mean, it was in style at the time, mm-hmm. but I distinctly, because, like, I was looking at pictures with my siblings recently, and we were, like, looking at all the mullets that we were sporting in, like, the <laughs> mid-90s, which it was the time to be popular, but I remember how much she loved it. And she never called it a mullet. It was just like, I love it when it looks nice in the back, or long in the back. <laughs> I had a rat tail in first grade, kindergarten, first grade, mm-hmm. first grade, I think. Yeah. That's that's my probably worst haircut. Do you know that these things are terrible when you're happening and doing them to your children? Because like I wonder what I'm doing to my children right now that I'm going to grow up and be like, can you believe we did that to you? I didn't do that to oh, him. Oh, you didn't do that. He got to have his own choice in that. Mm-hmm. So he did it to himself. Okay. Well, maybe there is something to helicopter parenting after all. <laughs> if that's what you. 
<laughs> hey, it was fashionable at the time, and then I realized that it wasn't, and I got it cut off. Yeah. D- there definitely was a time. Like, mm-hmm. that's the world that we grew up in yeah. when that was fine. That was acceptable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and we were a northern state, so that's even weirder. Yeah. Yeah. No no NASCAR in town. Mm-hmm. Um, so, now that we're Wait. done talking about... No, hun- we come from, like, the racetrack in the United States. That's not NASCAR, bro. They do the Brickyard 400 on it. It's one of the big races. I just realized, like when you were saying that, that I think in my mind they had that entire racetrack for one race a year. <laughs> like, I never stopped to think about, wait a minute, there is more than one race on that racetrack. <laughs> like, it, it would have seemed like a waste if I would have really stopped to think about the fact that... Yeah. It's called the Brickyard because originally the track was made of brick, and my great-great-grandfather helped lay that brick. True story. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. He okay. was a brick man. <laughs> yes. I wanted like, to make sure I wasn't making about. that up. You just made that thing <laughs> up. <laughs> um, okay. So back to the movie. Uh, so this good looking doctor, David Hasselhoff, is a renowned doctor because he lays warm compresses on people for 30 seconds and massages their legs and makes them not paralyzed anymore. Yep. Basically. Like when I first was, then they were talking about it. I was like, did I miss something? It's the, it's At least, the middle of the 1800s. Yes. They don't know what paralysis is. No, <laughs> but I know what it's not. And it's not fixed by warm water for 30 seconds. But a special massage. They don't have the technique that he has. <laughs> so At least that's what he I've, tells the ladies. I very much felt like they could have came up with just, just inject them, pretend to inject them with anything. <laughs> Uh, I guess they couldn't inject them because yeah, that was a big, big focal point. Was, yeah, that was a big yeah. focal point. Uh, I don't know. Say a magic spell over them, something. <laughs> yes. But I felt like you were really doing minimal effort if you were doing a warm compress for exactly 30 seconds. And later in the film, he doesn't do exactly 30 seconds. He's very clear that it has to be exactly 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And he's told to remove it. And then he's like, okay, remove it now. Now? You want me to do it? And then he pulls it off. Well, before he was very insistent that it was 30 seconds, and the assistant like put it on and then waited 10 seconds and then got his watch out. <laughs> it's like, 30 seconds, no more, no less. Okay, let me lackadaisically <laughs> time this. Well, that seems right. Yep. Uh, but regardless of his technique, it obviously works yeah. because he heals a little girl. That girl moved her leg slightly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a huge deal, mm-hmm. and he's a pretty renowned doctor. Uh, he gets a letter uh, from a one-eyed man who I think that they had the same special effects team on This Is Hostile because when this was made in 1960, that looks exactly the same as the effect they used in Hostile yeah. that looks so terrible. But for this, I was just thinking, oh man, for 1961, that looks really good. No, it looked fine in this because it was supposed to be a healed over missing eye. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. But my point is that's how, and, uh, yeah, that's how terrible was Hostile was. It was yeah. supposed to be fresh and they used the exact same thing as the 1961 movie. Yeah. Unacceptable hostile. Yeah. I mean, most of that movie is unacceptable. It's true, but I'm just, there's no reason that it needed to look that terrible. Yeah. I bet you thought we were done talking about that. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever be done talking about hostile. No. Um, go ahead. So, yeah, he goes, he's uh, summoned to uh, Gorslava, Gorslava, some, some made up Eastern European country. Yes. Uh, 
and I did have a moment of panic where I was like, I haven't even heard. Oh, it's not real. <laughs> like, cause my geography is not great. Like you could, I guarantee you that you could quiz me on African countries mm-hmm. and I would not know half of them. And they change every week. They do a little bit. It really, really does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's summoned to this country and, uh, he, uh, gets to the castle and uh, he immediately walks in and hears a woman screaming and goes in and there's a woman with leeches all over her face. And then uh, Remley, was that his name? Remley? So Renly, something like that? Maybe. Uh, Let's call him Crowley. Remley. Crowley. Crowley? Crowley. I don't know. Crowl. Something. I thought Crowley. I was going to say Crawl, but then I thought that was the second movie and I stopped myself. Yeah, I think it's Crawley. Before you go any further, before he does anything. Mm-hmm. So, I watch a lot of these movies. Mm-hmm. I don't get freaked out. I enjoy them, but I don't get freaked out. Seeing those leeches swim around in that glass container <laughs> really freaks me out. Like, th- there's nothing there. It is literally just an animal that's swimming around, mm-hmm. and it freaks me out. Yeah. Uh, my mom will remember watching Stand By Me as a kid, and like the leeches freaked me out real bad. And then the dead body. I started crying. She had to tell me that it was just Play-Doh. <laughs> it wasn't blood. It was just Play-Doh. It's Play-Doh? Yeah. I was like five, four, six, something. I don't know. A young age. Five, four, six. Yep. I had took a guess, and then I gave myself wiggle room. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Uh, he s- <laughs> So Crawley says uh, that she's a guinea pig. Mm-hmm. It, how long has that been a phrase? Was that a phrase in the 1850s? I found myself chronologically confused. Chronologically is wrong, but my, my time frame was confused for a little while mm-hmm. during this. Like at one point, I pulled out my phone and I was trying to Google when the hyperdermic hyperdermic needle needle was invented. Uh, 1851 was the first time that a glass one was used. Uh, my the thing that I saw was 1853, mm-hmm. so maybe that was the first patent or when they were widely available. My number in my head was 1853. Anyway. Um, but that was the point when I think you said, are you guys bored already? And I was trying to just Google, like <laughs> try to get a, a, a moment for the time frame Cause mm-hmm. I think we, we had this talk during Virgin spring. Of like, I think when you make, when, when we watch, when I, I'll say I, when I watch a movie that was made in a different era, especially if it's set in a different era, yeah. I get very confused about <laughs> when I'm supposed to be watching this. Right. Is it old timey because it's old, or is it old timey because it's old and it's supposed to be old timey? Yeah, and then the other thing that was hard with that is there's times when there's obviously light bulbs and lamps, but it should be being able to flicker because of flames. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I had a hard time with that. Like when they're in the carriage, it's obviously a bulb, and there's some on the lamp, and that should be a candle in there with flames flickering. But yeah. then I, that's just confused me as far as w- when we were supposed to be watching this. Yeah. <clears throat> I just don't think, uh, especially these style movies, I don't think William Castle really got a huge budget. I'm uh, not faulting it. I'm just saying that it's like me as the viewer trying, <laughs> like, if, if the fault's on anything, it's on me. This is my first William Castle movie. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Probably mine as well. And I and I just I had a hard time doing that. I think it's just in general when we watch those things, I have a hard time getting setting. Mm-hmm. But it was obviously in the eighteen fifties, right? 
1850s, 60s probably? 1880 is when it was set. How did you know that? Because they said it at the very beginning of the movie. Okay. Well, then they were off by 30 years of when the first hypodermic needle was used. Well, it might have been the first time they made their way to that doctor. Well, he said it was just invented um, by a doctor in uh, Edinburgh. Okay. And he named the doctor, and I don't remember the name. I don't know either. There was a baker at some point during this. <laughs> Does that help? Was there also a butcher or a candlestick maker? Mm-mm. Mm. Okay, so leeches. Uh, guinea pig, we talked about that. I feel like this is the second time we've talked about the term guinea pig. Probably. But I have yeah, no recollection uh, of that. The fly? Was that episode one? Yeah. All right. Then I thought that it might have come from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you did. You were like, did this invent that? Yeah. And then we were watching a movie set in 1880, and they <laughs> used guinea pig also. You were off but by 100 fair, years. But to it came out after that movie came out. 61, uh, The Fly was, what, 53, 58, something mm-hmm. like that? Um, so what? what does the doctor, mm-hmm. an esteemed doctor, what is the prescription that he gives to this woman that just had leeches on her face? Do you remember? Brandy. Brandy. Yeah. <laughs> Some bed rest and brandy. <laughs> brandy was her answer to everything yes. then. Yeah. Um, I just uh, read, I'm in the middle of still reading The Stand. I'm getting towards the end of it. Mm-hmm. And like three times, three different people tell this pregnant woman like, you should be fine to drink a little bit. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> and I'm like, this was written in the 80s and that's how far we've figured stuff out. Yeah. So... Yeah, her prescription was some bed rest and brandy. Which, you know, that totally clears up leeches. Yeah. Yeah. Brings back the... What is what is it? The humors? It balances out the humors. I don't know what that is. That's why they used leeches, because they had an imbalance of the humors, and that's why it was blood, bile, and two other things, I think. And they all had to be in balance in your body. Mm-hmm. And so... Sometimes you would have too much blood, and that would make you sick. So they bled you. I knew about that. I just didn't know. But what did they do if you had too much bile? Made you throw up? I don't know. I feel like I've heard lots about bleeding and leeches. Mm -hmm. I've never heard them about trying to get rid of bile. Seven bells. What? The Cheeto mix thing there. Yeah. To make them throw up. Oh, yeah. Seven Yeah. Yeah. You can't critique that. You haven't even tried it. It smells disgusting. It smells delightful. Because I I get the bit of marshmallow, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Red Scrooge Retreats, and then I get the bit of Cheeto, and I'm like, ugh. Okay. I think he's and before you ask, yes, I did try one, <laughs> and it was fine. <laughs> I, I doubt I that. felt like someone was going to ask that. I doubt so that. I knew. I did eat one. I, one. I don't. I don't doubt that you like ate one. Like one Cheeto. I doubt that it, it, that it was fine. It was fine. Mm. Anyway. Um, so we... Like a fine brandy. We, uh, so th- I, I was confused for a moment. And they mm-hmm. explained it well. The movie does a, a good job overall uh, of explaining motivations that people have. Yeah. Uh, but for a minute, I was genuinely confused. Because this woman's letter was... It was an ex-lover of, of the doctor. Mm-hmm. She said, you need to come help me. I'm desperately in danger. 
911 emergency blah 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 yeah and then she he gets there and very casually after a couple hours seemingly he's like oh by the way what's your emergency and she's like oh did i say emergency i just meant it might be nice for you to stop by yeah i just want i just want to see your face <laughs> and he's like i dropped an entire medical <laughs> practice to come here for you and you just wanted to say hi why didn't you just poke me on facebook <laughs> Yeah, they had that in the 1850s, right? <laughs> yeah, 1880. I told you I'm confused about this time frame. Yeah, uh, going back to geography from earlier, mm-hmm. did you hear about the teacher uh, or prof- I think it was actually a professor uh, that ha- assigned to her students to do a report on a country? Did you guys hear about this? No, nope. So the one student chose Australia and did the report. Blah 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 turned it into the professor and the professor gave them an F and said, Australia is a continent, not a country. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, if you YouTube this, there's the news channel that went to this professor and was like, what would you say if I told you that Australia was both a continent and a country? And they put the microphone in her face and she goes, well, why? <laughs> that was her answer. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> this is a professor. Uh, it was pretty fantastic. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, so she's very casual about it. Um, and uh, he's like, okay, well, I guess we'll talk later. Yeah, and he's like, I sure hope we can meet that uh, Sardonicus guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, hello. Uh, and he's, well, first we see him upstairs writing letters. Uh, and he 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 uh, does his his stamp in the wax with the mm-hmm. big capital S. Mm-hmm. How narcissistic like do you have to be? Is it just with wealth comes well, narcissistic you, tendencies you, or what? You own a manor, and the manor has a sigil, and that's how you can confirm that it came from that. I'm not doubting that point, but that giant S is everywhere. Like they had oh, to yeah. have went, like they had to have bought this mansion, mm-hmm. ripped down the iron gates. It was a pulled, castle. Sorry pulled down everything that had embro- like had the logo the name of the person that lived there before you yeah get all these p's out of here and give me a nice big s mm-hmm. uh does that just come with wealth you get narcissistic and that has to happen yeah. like if your name's trump do you if you were poor and your name was trump <laughs> do you just put your name all over everything or does it just happen it happens if you're narcissistic and if you're narcissistic you generally are you have the 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 skills and the lack of of emotion enough to really become rich, and then you get to see your name on everything, because that was your goal from from day one. Hmm. I feel like I'm just gonna skip like the effort and just like save up for a few hundred dollars and buy a nice door. Yeah, you could have a hall hall. I could. As much as you've tried to make hall jokes, none of them have ever landed. She laughed. <laughs> <laughs> it's, she's obligated. Yeah. yeah. Um, go ahead. So they finally meet Mr. Sardonicus. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's wearing a creepy mask. And that creepy mask is creepy. It was a pretty good mask. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a blank human face. Right. Uh, which is but creepy. But it was pretty substantial. Yeah, I agree. A blank expressionless human face is really creepy. Yeah. I agree. In a castle. Yeah. I'll give that to you. Yeah. That's why... Uh, Pez dispensers, they didn't never really made humans because they creep people out and they're harder to make. Do they creep people out? Yeah. There's a cop one because I saw it because people were turning it into Maniac Cop. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. And it's just a face like those firefighters. 
Yeah, they don't they don't sell as well as like just a dude, a Pez pal. Just like uh, this is a toucan that sells a lot better. Okay. I kind of want to see these creepy Pez that you're claiming <laughs> exist. Uh, there's a colonial soldier with a head wound. Seriously. For the for the bicentennial, they made like Paul Revere and uh, a bunch of like important things and they also made colonial soldier with a head wound i feel like they should have made a confederate soldier with a head wound <laughs> like with x's over his eyes but it was for the bicentennial so that it wasn't confederates oh, this yeah. wasn't the civil war this was oh yeah i wasn't listening enough you said colonial so i immediately start picking sides <laughs> cologne yeah the <laughs> colonies when we be- went from the colonies to a country you know the colonial times mm-hmm. i got it <laughs> I got it. So they have uh, a dinner, an awkward dinner, mm-hmm. because you got invited to an emergency call from your ex-lover. Yeah. She says, never mind, everything's cool. Mm-hmm. By the way, here's my husband, who's 12 feet tall yeah. and weighs 12 pounds, wearing a creepy mask. And by the way, you've just seen him uh, slurp up some paste upstairs. Yeah. yeah. They hand-delivered him some Elmer's glue, and he mm-hmm. just slurped it. Yeah. And uh, so then they talk about the London stage. <laughs> <laughs> and he acts, uh, David Hasselhoff accidentally says ghoulish, yeah. which sends Mr. Sardonicus on a, on a kind of a rant. Yeah. Like, you don't know what ghouls are. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He definitely went to bat for his ghoul yeah. friends. In this country, we know what ghouls are. Uh, and then they said that he had party guests. Mm-hmm. And there's five, six... Uh, young ladies that mm-hmm. come down, uh, they pour them each some wine. Yeah. And apparently they have a party. We've talked before about what constitutes a party. If this was the party, I've had, we are having a party right now and well, we have food. They specifically say, hey, this was supposed to be a party and it's just us and you one-eyed creepy guy. And he's like, don't worry, the party's about to start. And then Sardonicus walks in and is like, uh, I picked the blonde. Uh, and the others are dismissed. Yeah. But they get a piece of gold. Did we... They're going to talk about this later. Mm-hmm. But what, did we ever find out what he did with them? Nope. Okay. I wanted to make sure that I didn't miss something big because they even reference later. Yeah. It's like, exp- okay, so you're going to explain everything to me. Oh, that explains the women. And I was like, you didn't explain the women. I don't know what was happening with the women. Rape and murder. Is that what it was, you think? Uh, um, almost definitely. How'd she get her gold? She didn't. He said that was a, that everyone was a gets a little piece of gold, and then the winner yes. gets a special treasure. And I think that special treasure was rape and murder. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they definitely because, didn't explain because, that part. Yeah, once he shows her his face, he's not going to let her out ever again. No, he's not. And he doesn't like have this bevy that he... like. All, all these rooms where he keeps all these women, yeah. as far as we know, rape and murder. Okay, I'll buy that. Um, so it's about the next day. Uh, we end up having a heart to heart between David Hasselhoff and Mister Sardonicus, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is where he goes through and tells him his whole story. He reveals his face. Yeah. And this is the face that traumatized you as a young child. What exactly are we seeing with this face? Um. One of the eyes are coming out of the socket. The face, the mouth is 
totally pulled back with teeth totally exposed. His nose is pretty much gone. It's yeah. just zombie. Okay. Uh, so he reveals that, and then he tells the story of how he became that way. Yeah. So we get a flashback, and we see him. And the way they talked, this was a while ago. Yeah. Didn't they talk like this was a while ago? He wasn't a young dude. Like, when I saw Sardonicus mm-hmm. as a peasant, yeah, I was like, he is older than I thought that he was. Is that just yeah, me? because they hired an actor to be Sardonicus, and then, like, oh, you have to also be, like, I get how it happened. Before. I get how it happened, but I was like, this is not what I was expecting, because yeah. he was talking, like, when I was a young man, and I'm like, you were 50 right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but they're poor. Uh, he's got a, uh, he's just lost his mother. Uh, mm-hmm. and his father buys a lottery ticket, as you were describing earlier. For him and his wife. For him and his wife. Uh, who, like, there's levels. Like, usually fours marry fours, fives marry fives, mm-hmm. right? Um, my wife came into work one day, and uh, somebody that was there, and they were like, so, Russ, they're reachers and they're settlers. You, sir, are a reacher. <laughs> and I was like, thank you, slash I hate you? I don't know what to say. That's like simultaneously a compliment and an insult. Uh, anyway, I'm unabashedly a reacher, uh, and, uh, Mr. Sardonicus also a reacher. Oh yeah. Uh, cause he married way younger than him and she was way prettier than he was. She was probably the same age. No way. No, I think she was supposed to be the same age. Oh, that's not believable at all. <laughs> <laughs> not believable at all. Um, but also she looks like, you know. Uh, nine or ten, but personality-wise, she's like a two. Oh yeah, she's a horrible person. She's a terrible person. Yeah. Um. So his father dies. You're telling me my phone's ringing. It's ringing pretty hard. Yeah, I think that's what we call an auditory hallucination. <laughs> I don't know. Nothing was happening with my phone. Yeah. I got a text an hour ago and a Facebook notification like 25 minutes ago. I heard a buzz. And not only was it ringing, it was ringing hard. Like somebody really yeah. was m- like f- willing the phone to ring mm-hmm. and vibrate more than normal. Yeah. It was like vibrating and bouncing off the table. It was like buzz, 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 <laughs> buzz, buzz, buzz. <laughs> I don't know what causes that. If there are any doctors out there <laughs> that can tell me I'm about to die, let me know. Yeah, you like passed tinnitus and just went straight to buzzing instead <laughs> yeah. of, yeah. So... All's well. Like for a minute there, I was like, what's wrong that she's angrily calling? Like, like I thought that you had. Like, I like how you're, you're anthropomorphizing a ring, like you, giving it emotions. You did it. You said it was ringing hard. Well, it sounded like it. <laughs> anyway. Um, so he's, so father dies, right? Father dies. Mr. Dennis's father dies. They find out the lottery ticket was a winner. Yeah. And he is forced to bury up his father. Bury up? Bury up. <laughs> Dig up. Dig up his father. Yes. Mm-hmm. He was forced to bury his father. Now he has to unbury his father. Debury. Debury. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the correct mm-hmm. English word yeah. is debury. Um <laughs> Uh, and that's the moment where he sees uh, the rigor mortis and the decomposition that sits in has pulled to reveal the the grinning face of his father. And, and he screams and runs like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's where we get the uh, Mr. Sardonicus we know and love today. Mm-hmm. Like, the- what did he expect? Did he just be like, oh, hi, dad. 
you're looking well. I don't know. I feel like whatever was going to happen, you would have been bracing yourself for that for yeah. sure. Um, he was probably just like fucking bitch making me dig this up. Oh God. <laughs> I would have ran away from that wife. Oh yeah. Like I would have gotten that lottery ticket and just ran. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, but he didn't you know, have to. He didn't it have to. It's it, it solved itself. Yeah. She killed herself. Yeah. So all's well that ends well. <laughs> maybe she. Maybe she didn't. Mm. Let's start digging. Let's come up with some fan is theories that, about Mister Sardonicus. Is that the theme for the? Yeah, it's, it's exactly second what second wives' first mysterious suicide death, mm-hmm. possibly. Yes, got to weave some fan good theories job. into good. this. You got a theme going. That's good. You got deep on this one. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you totally planned that, right? I am a second wife, so there you go. There's the theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I hope my second wife's nice too. Yeah, we'll get there. Probably not. Mm. So, oh, we forgot to—I forgot to mention—he dug, uh, de-dug this with the shortest shovel ever. Like he's a tall dude, and he got like a two-foot-long <laughs> shovel. It's like almost a spade that he's digging this thing up with, right? I think it's probably a regular shovel. He's just eight feet tall. Uh, I feel like regular shovels. Back then, were just shorter. Yeah, like the World War Two shovels that are yeah. just like a foot long. Yeah, it was an English shovel, so yeah, mm-hmm. makes sense. Metric system makes uh, sense shorter. Um, so he ended up being able to live this life of luxury and everything, and uh, but all the doctors in all the world have not been able to cure him of his affliction. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why he. That's why he brought the doctor. He's, yes, he's like the fifth doctor he's brought, but mm-hmm. the. His last hope. Yep. So he's like, guess what I've got for you? A warm towel. I will cure this up. I will. You'll be good. And he rubs his face for like 16 hours. Yeah. He, he said like, I started in the early morning and it's after dark now. There's no <laughs> much left to do. Yeah. You know how expensive that is? You know how much massages are? Yeah. They're expensive. Like a 16 hour massage. Mm-hmm. I can't give my wife one for like three minutes. And I'm like, my hand hurts. Can we stop? It's right. true. It's true. Uh, it doesn't go well. He's <laughs> not able to cure work. him. Uh, so Dr. Uh, Mr. Sardonicus says, do whatever else you got. Yeah. And he says, no. Uh, I I can't. Everything will kill you. So, no. Good uh, day, sir. <laughs> uh, by the way, can I... Good day. Do you mind if I show you my dungeon real quick? Oh, sure. Yeah. That's so anyway, so fine. here's my wife, your former lover. Uh, she's hooked up in this torture chamber. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to do this. Did you hear it that time? No, I got nothing. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, I heard it that time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go ahead. I, I'm just happy I'm not going crazy. No, not this time. I, I was going to let it go for <laughs> for longer. Um. So torture chamber. Yeah. Wife's down there. He's he's gonna give her a sardonic smile as well. Ooh, I like to do that. Yeah. Um, which I don't feel like is a thing. I don't think you could do that with the muscles. They're gonna cut muscles to give her that. Well, yeah. I mean, no, you couldn't cut them, like because that's the naturally yeah. relaxed place. No, you realize like what's relaxed is just some muscles contracted and some relaxed. There, there is no every every movement that you can do is some muscles pulling and some muscles relaxing. So your normal face is a set of muscles contracted and a set of muscles relaxed. Okay. So which ones are you cutting to make that face? She, they're cutting the ones that are contracted to make your mouth 
not that's not what i ask i want names he named it in there the it started with an r the Rissa muscle. Okay, I just got shown up because you just named the Rissa muscle. Yep. <laughs> Nailed it. Boom. Good job. Uh, so he finally agrees to do it. Yeah. So he sends out for all of these things to be sent to him, mm-hmm. and we see them using the worst packing ever. You ever ever but actually get what, anything with that? That's in all of these movies. Like I, I don't know if that was, if you ever see like an antique. It was an antique vase from China. It's always in a wooden crate with. The like oh, I'm sure it's a shitty accurate. Spanish moss. Type but have you thing. ever had that sent, any of that sent to you? Oh no, it's the worst. It's the worst. And like every time I see we watch uh, a Christmas story, mm. I see him throwing that stuff around the house, and I'm like, you were gonna itch forever. <laughs> you're never getting that stuff out of the carpet. She's gonna be so mad at you. You're not. You're gonna have to pick those up individually. The vacuum will not get that. I'm telling you, those are what I think about when I watch a Christmas story. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, you might as well throw fiberglass insulation around the house, man. Yeah, that those, stuff sucks. That probably all around Robert England's place in Wishmaster. Yeah. Because he had all that stuff shipped there. Yeah. There's some, yeah, something's there, happening. Something is happening. Something electronic is happening. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he gets the stuff, and uh, he's going to use Strychnine. Uh, basically, and try to dilute it as much as possible, mm-hmm. and uh, so that it normally kills by uh, relaxing the mus- the muscles of the heart and killing you. Uh, but he's going to try to dilute it and inject it into the face so that it relax the muscles yeah. and that he can go back. And we see him testing it by killing some dogs. Those yeah. were failed experiments. Mm-hmm. Uh, those and didn't then, last. Yeah, Crowley takes the dogs out. Yep. And disposes of them, obviously. Obviously, I mean, you burns them or buries them, or up, something. throws them in a creek of some sort, yeah. right? So you just he just ha- he's a way of disposing of these dead dogs, right? I mean, then they're dead, so they don't have feelings. So you can do whatever you want to them, exactly. Okay, yeah. Uh, so we dispose of the dead dogs, mm-hmm. uh, and he does his work, and finally he's like, "All right, I'm ready to do this. Yeah. Let's do this test. Presumably weeks or something. Yes, let's do this test. Yeah. Um." When he's getting ready to do the test, he decides to show them the one room in the house he's always kept locked up. Mm -hmm. And what is inside? Inside is his father. His faja. Uh, And I assume this was a big moment as well for you when when his father was in there. I was terrified. I imagine so. This was you know forty some years. You don't have to. No, I'm not. I'm. You don't have to dismiss it or anything. I'm sure it was. uh, I think any little kid watches this. I'm sure that it was. Oh yeah. It was a big deal, Uh, and I think that. Is this the light bulb moment? What was he going to do before this? What was who going to do? Uh, David Hasselhoff. Uh, well, I'm, at the end, he says he always had to play with his mind. I don't know, but I don't know if he was always going to scare him back into it or just yeah. placebo affect him into it or what. Yeah. So he ends up taking him into the room, tying him up, and leaving him with his father. Mm-hmm. Uh, opens the door. And now he's good, right? Yeah, he, he like ejects, immediately he starts jumping for joy and thanking him, giving him kisses. <laughs> uh, he immediately writes a legal document annulling his marriage and signs it with his pinky ring and the wax. Uh, and then tells him, hey, get the fuck out of there. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, and so he goes to leave. Yep. And they're at the train station. Their train is, is very close to arriving. And Crowley comes in. And says, hey, 
you got to come back. Uh, he can't open his mouth. He, he can't. He can't eat. He can't drink. He'll starve. He'll die. Uh, tells him to get bent <laughs> because he just uh, gave him distilled water mm-hmm. that was all in his head. He didn't do anything medical to him at yep. all. No strychnine involved. So he needs to just tell him to start being able to talk, and he'll be able to talk. Yeah. Uh, Which means he also says that the dogs, he didn't kill the dogs. He just drugged them. Yes. So <laughs> Wait, instead of murdering. We just said that he buried them. Instead of murdering the dogs <laughs> himself, he made Crowley unknowingly <laughs> exactly. murder these dogs. You and I had the exact same moment of revelation where we were both <laughs> I wasn't consciously going to say anything when we were watching the movie, but I think we both we like, locked eyes and we <laughs> knew we were both writing down the same thing. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, so then we see William Castle again, and he pops back up, and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, the movie's over. He's got his comeuppance. Yep. And uh, William Castle says, uh, "Hey, that was that was fun, right? But you know, what are we going to do with Mister Sardonicus?" You know what? Everybody vote. Should we show mercy or no mercy? And then he pulls out like this card that supposedly I assume was in the theaters. I would have yeah, they had to have been in the theaters. And everybody vote. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Yep, and he uh did some did some counting. He subtracted for some reason. He subtracted and he also said seventeen and carry the three, so I don't know what that math was. <laughs> Twenty. That you could have gotten there. Uh, but <laughs> But it came out shockingly to where we should show him no mercy. No mercy. And we go back and we see Mr. Sardonicus uh, as Crowley sits down and helps himself to his feast. Well, Crowley says, sorry, I couldn't, I I didn't, the train already left. I didn't get to catch them. Guess you're stuck that way. Oh, look, food. (laughs) And brandy. Why was there so much food if Sardonicus can't eat? Because he was very excited to be able to eat. He had a feast prepared. Is that Was it ready for him? Because yeah. this had still been presumably hours in between. Do yeah. we know that or are you just putting that in there? I'm putting that in there. Okay. I'll buy that. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, and then we get a big the end card. Yeah. Because he's miserable because he can't open his mouth and eat and can't enjoy anything. He shoves food and drink into his face? Did, when he shoved the to chicken at the beginning he totally smiled like he was aware like the <laughs> actor ridiculous. the actor was aware that it was ridiculous so, so he shoved it in and then you can see a faint smile appear and then he's trying to not use his mouth but show emotion so he's like trying to be upset by not using his mouth yeah which was obviously very hard because he didn't pull it off yeah he did he once he does a bit of a sneer at one point yeah exactly um but he can't move his mouth and then we get the end and no William Castle, like I really expected that zinger at the end, like, all right, you guys didn't show him any mercy. Now he's good and gone. Stay tuned till next week when we have another movie. But it didn't happen. Yeah, There's probably not a mercy ending, right? No, there's no way there's a mercy ending. Yeah. yeah. He's expected everyone to hate Sardonicus. Sure. And if you were the guy that, that held up the, the one and then were like, oh, man, everybody else didn't. <laughs> Nobody else voted alongside me. Not I don't enough. want to see the mercy ending. Yeah. I've seen the 17 times. They haven't gotten the mercy ending yet. <laughs> just, like, just somebody that just kept going back. Yeah. It's like somebody who went to see like different theaters to see Clue in yeah. the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Justin, overall thoughts? Uh, I want to see more William Castle movies. Yeah, I this, agree. I, I thought, thought it, it was really good. I thought it was very enjoyable. Um, I don't feel like it was particularly dated. 
really. Um, I feel like uh, there was these are definitely ones that you definitely have to have a little bit more patience with because it's something that right now, like you could totally condense down into a Tales from the Crypt episode or something, do like a half hour thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But the concept, and if you take your time with them, you can enjoy them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Overall thoughts from you? What was it yeah, like I revisiting still it? Was it was good, but it wasn't as terrifying as what it was 40 years ago. Yeah. I'm, I would imagine that would be true. So, were you disappointed then? No. Okay. I'm, well, I'm glad that you got to finally see the movie that I talked about to you all these years. That oh, is this one that had been brought up a lot? A I don't remember it, but apparently. She's like, if you don't go, <laughs> if you don't go to sleep, Mr. Sardonicus is going to come in and get you. And she's, no, Who's that? No, no. Is that that neighbor across him. the street? <laughs> Uh, when I when I was a kid, she used to quote Monty Python, but I didn't know she was quoting Monty Python. Uh, and then, like as a teenager, I saw Monty Python. I was like, "Holy shit! I think my mom's kind of cool." <laughs> uh, when we were little, my brother was terrified of the woolly booger, which is a monster that my mom made up. Okay. Uh, and uh, do you remember Happy's Place? Uh huh. We went on Happy's Place around Halloween time, and he told Happy that he was going to be a woolly booger for Christmas or for for Halloween. <laughs> And Happy was like, a what? And he's like, a woolly booger. A what? A woolly booger. A what? A woolly booger. And Happy's like, I don't know what a woolly booger is. All right, thanks. Go have your seat. <laughs> like, uh, We had that VHS at one point of that happening. Uh, I like YouTubed Happy's Place, and there's like not much on there's there. There's like two. I, I would have assumed that someone would have yeah, put. Archived all that shit. Yeah. Um, the, there was no weird Fort Wayne person. Uh I was on Happy's Place a couple times. Yeah, I was too. I did the showcase, or not the showcase, so John, that's Price is Right, but that little, the mini the game, ma- the mini game Arama, and I won. Uh, I also so won. Did, did you? Nice. You want to tell the story? No, go ahead. Uh, it, the, goofy Game Arama. Yeah, Goofy Game Arama. Goofy Game Arama. Yep, that's the, the mini game Arama didn't sound right, but yeah, that's it. Goofy Game Arama. Uh, so, I was. Four? Should we put this Probably into context? Hold man. on, we need to put this into context because not everyone knows what yeah. we're talking about. So I feel the, like most towns probably had one of these in the early '90s, uh, right after school. So f- starting at four o'clock, mm-hmm. uh, there was uh, there would be a, a hour and a half block of cartoons mm-hmm. uh, cut into a local uh, celebrity host, local yeah. celebrity host, which ours was Happy the Hobo. He was mm-hmm. kind of a clown hobo character, yeah. uh, and he would do games with the kids, introduce the next. Uh, the next cartoon that you saw, but then when you're at the place, you just get to talk to to Happy and interact with him. I'm just realizing that late the late uh, Happy the Hobo episodes, they had a character named Lawnmower, Lawnmower Man or Lawnmower Guy. What? Yeah, they had a guy who like he was a lawn, he had a lawnmower like he. I don't recall. He was that like a uh, yard worker or something. He always wore a construction hat, like a a, a helmet, like mm-hmm. one of those yellow helmets. Yeah. But yeah, I and just remember that. You just said the late Happy the Hobo and meaning the episodes. <laughs> and yeah. ha- what, like the original Happy the Hobo just died. Really? Relatively recently, yeah. Mm. Uh, so he just recently died in the past couple of years. And I thought you were referencing like... You were giving like respect to, to Happy the Hobo by saying the late Happy the Hobo. And then you weren't. No. Uh, so I was on the Goofy Gamerama, and I was like four years old. And the thing was, it's hula hoop, and whoever can hula hoop the most uh, in thirty seconds wins. I had never hula nor hooped, <laughs> uh, and 
I'm not exactly uh, physically gifted. I'm okay. not very dexterous. Uh, I'm not. I'm not what would one would call athletic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so what I did is I tried to hula hoop once. It immediately fell to the floor, <laughs> and I spun in a circle for thirty seconds. <laughs> and Only out of the hula hoop. And out of pity, <laughs> I won. That's yeah, awesome. That's that, that's my happy the hobo. Happy it wasn't place. pity. You were adorable. <laughs> I would be mad if I was those other kids. Or you know the other kids' parents were like, he didn't even do one. If I recall correctly, I feel like everybody got a prize though. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know. Um, yeah, I had to uh, crawl on the ground. And like take there was like marshmallows on a paper plate, and you had to like crawl back and forth with them in your mouth hmm. to try to beat the other ones. So again, not being physically fit either. I again, I feel like I won, but I wonder if I didn't lose but still got a prize. Like I remember the prize, but I don't remember like the cheering. So <laughs> almost feel like everybody just got a toy. Like I know exactly what toy I got. Um, but I have a hard time believing that there weren't going to be other kids that would be faster at crawling on the ground than me. Maybe you were just super motivated by marshmallows. That's true. Like I just ate them all. And like like it immediately. Was marshmallows and Cheetos. And then you were just like, <laughs> I know what to do. Nice. Yeah. Um, so fulfilling my obligation uh, that I've agreed into, can I talk about two books real quick? Okay. I, then I want to talk about a related a book, something related to books. Okay. But you go ahead. Um, so two uh, books... I think I might have talked about the one, but it just came out. So again, like I have to talk about it now. Uh, there's a guy named Josh Mallerman. Have I talked about him? Maybe. Uh, well, I talked about last week. I talked about the book uh, that is similar to A Quiet Place and that you can't see these monsters or you die. Mm-hmm. He wrote that and it's phenomenal. Okay. They're turning it into a book. He just came out with a new, or they're turning it into a movie with Sandra Bullock. He just wrote a new book that just came out last week called Unbury Carol. And I won't talk too much about it because I didn't like it. But. Wait. I still have to, I think I'm obligated to say that. It has the word unbury in it? Yeah. <laughs> it's called Unbury Carol. And you went with bury up? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I love how things come up more than once. Like, have we ever talked about marshmallows before? And we just, like... Marshmallows have came up multiple times today and unbury. It's, like, it's like the thing when you get a new car and suddenly you see everyone owns yeah, that car. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I that think that's thing. probably what it is. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't really like it. Everybody else seems to be enjoying it, but I didn't like it that much. Uh, I will talk to you more about uh, a book by a guy named Graham Masterson. Grass, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Graham Masterton okay. uh, that is coming out, I believe, in August. So it's coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Ghost Virus. Graham Masterton uh, has been active since the 80s. Um, he was one of the big, when I miss these, I, I say I miss these days, but I was never really a part of it when the grocery store had the spinny racks with all the paperback books. Mm-hmm. Um, we had we had uh, Kelch. Do you remember Kelch? No. Uh, that was a local pharmacy. They they always had that. Yeah. Um, but like all the books that I'm buying now are those ones that would have been in those little racks. Like they yeah. were the, the time three or four dollars yeah. and now i have to spend 30 to get them because they're you know, they're kind of hard to get your hands on now yeah. uh and they were always hard find back. a copy of where the red fern grows in there yeah um 
like every the back of all the almost all the books I uh, read have this thing that says like subscribe now and get two new books every month for eight dollars and I would be like I would kill to be able to do that now to get these books. Um, I wonder if I just send in the card and the check, what would happen now? I don't know. I pr- probably some random dude's gonna get my check and cash it, and nothing's gonna happen. Uh, anyway, it's called Ghost Virus, and. Uh, someone that's pretty prolific hasn't really, really seen the success of say a Stephen King or a Clive Barker. Uh, but this book is about coats that come to life and it okay. sounds super absurd. And you'd be like, Oh, this sounds fun. It is not. It is <laughs> absurd, but he takes it so serious that these articles of clothing come alive and kill people i can't recommend it at all it's so absurd it's so sad and i've thus fulfilled my obligation thank you for letting me read it before the general public <laughs> i'm not going to be giving it any more advanced books am i if i can't give good reviews but i can't lie hopefully you will no i have i have remember i talked about uh dathan uh our bad man yeah oh i love that so much it was phenomenal um but I'm not going to lie either and just say it's good yeah. just because I got it for free early. That's, that's hope. That's the hope, right? You you can you get these things early so that you can, you know, kind of give your opinion. Yeah, I don't want to talk that regardless of your opinion that that doesn't affect exactly. Like that's the that's I the love hope. Josh Mallerman's Bird Box. It was fantastic. I like a lot of his other books. I didn't really like this one, yeah. the other one. Um, but I can't help but laugh at how ridiculous Ghost Virus was. Uh, and not and not in a way that's like he's in on the joke because he takes it so seriously yeah so do you, do you remember when family guy was good yes they have they had a bit about uh stephen king and you know because how he's he turns out all these books he got hit by the car yeah no <laughs> yeah this is a different stephen king bit oh, okay uh he uh he goes to his publisher and like all right uh what do you got for me and he's like uh a haunted I don't know. ottoman uh, and he just looks over and he sees a lamp and is like, ah, oh, it's the lamp, the lamp monster. Ah. <laughs> yeah. And the publisher's like, oh, you've completely given up, haven't you? All right, when can you have it by? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that that the, sounds like coat, coats come to life and kill people. Yeah, the Haunted Ottoman was another joke that I read somewhere. I think I read somewhere else they were saying, you know, his upcoming book about a Haunted <laughs> Ottoman or something. <laughs> this wasn't bad, I'd read it. Um, but you were going to, yeah. you had me remind you. So, uh, you know, Patton Oswalt's, uh, wife yes. died I, yes. uh, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a crime, a criminal, uh, investigator, writer, yeah. a real crime author. Right. And, uh, so when she died, she was about three quarters of the way through a book about, um, the most prolific, uh, uncaught serial killer in California. I think the most prolific serial killer in California history. And he was, they linked him to um, 50 rapes and 12 murders all across the state. Um, And she had a name in her book. And uh, when she died, um, Patton said to the publisher, hey, can you hear all our notes and everything? Hey, get it out there. This this needs to be done. And so... Uh, they got it out there. It came out uh, a few months ago, and uh, the other day they they caught the guy. Who? Which guy was it? 
it, um, I don't remember his name, but he was he was a cop in the seventies. That was a joke. I was setting you up for the punchline. That wasn't a joke. I was trying to set you up. Oh. Who who was it? Who did they catch? The Golden State Killer. It was the guy that she said it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's what I was trying to set you up for. Yeah, that's when I said uh, they arrested the guy. That's what you I didn't meant. say. That guy. You said the guy. The, okay. the guy the guy that did it we didn't know it was the same person <laughs> but yeah i think so far they have him on uh two of the murders and um basically the the, the rest of the dominoes will probably fall it's a pretty good legacy right yeah yeah uh apparently he he was a cop and he got fired for because he was caught shoplifting uh he was caught shoplifting dog repellent and a hammer so apparently he was shopping at the murder store, <laughs> and like, or or Target, right? We talked about Target last week. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like how. Yeah, if how you had a time machine, if you had a time machine, what would you do with it? What would I? I don't know. Okay. I like exactly where I'm at right now. Okay, because he said. <laughs> Given a time machine, that's that not, he I'll, he would go back and look at targets throughout the era to see what they look like. Like, oh, this is what a target looked like in 1987. Neat. Oh, this is a target in 2003. Huh. This is not what I expected. What's a target going to look like in the future? Mm-hmm. That's about exactly how that conversation went. <laughs> the target of the future is Amazon, by the way. It is. Um, can I turn my attention to something else? Sure. I have a question for you. I want to know, Justin uh, is terrible at doing homework, and he was assigned this homework a while ago and wasn't able to produce us a good answer, so I'm hoping you can provide us with one, okay? So, uh, episodes and episodes ago, Justin was talking about how his grandmother used to babysit him after school all the time, mm-hmm. and he didn't have a lot of toys at his grandmother's house, so he played with hairbrushes and used them as like action figures and fought with them and things. Mm-hmm. Makes total sense. But his mind exploded when I asked him one question. And I said, why didn't you have any toys at your grandmother's house? And he originally said, well, I was there every day after school. And I said, exactly. Why would you not have some toys at your grandmother's house? And he was like, you know what? I never stopped to think about it. Why didn't I have any toys? Can you help fill in that? There were toys there. They just didn't go along with his imagination. Okay. So he was just picky. So he just turned the hairbrush into whatever he wanted. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. But it it was awesome watching his face. Like, I just thought of that. (laughs) It was 30 years ago, and I never thought, why didn't I just bring a toy with me to the house? They also, can move places. Also, why did my grandma have like a dozen hairbrushes? Because <laughs> you started playing with them. She's like, well, Justin likes hairbrushes. I better buy some more. <laughs> all shapes, all sizes. <laughs> this is the baby hairbrush. <laughs> All right, uh, Rebecca. Rebecca. Give us a synopsis, Justin. Director by Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, Rebecca is about a uh, a woman who meets this wealthy man. They fall in love. They get married. And then when they move back into his home, 
Um, she is basically haunted by the shadow of his first wife, Rebecca. Very good. Yeah. Um, overall thoughts, Justin. Uh, I, I realized about halfway, I realized about a third of the way into it that I'd seen about the last half of this movie prior previously. Uh, but yeah, it's still, it's good. It's a little long. Uh, it is a little dated, but it's, it's good. It's an Albert Hitchcock movie, so there aren't many bad of bad ones of those. So we know why you picked Mr. Sardonicus. Why did you pick this one? I've just always loved Albert Hitchcock to begin with, but I just liked the little twist at the end of, of Rebecca. Okay, good. Um, I really liked it. I think that there is a, a little bit of uh, of being dated which we'll talk more about specifics here in a little bit uh i again i also like you felt that it was a little long like it didn't need to be two hours and ten minutes yeah i feel like you definitely could have pulled this back but i think this was also the time frame when they didn't know what a movie was there wasn't any expectations right people were still enamored by going to the theater and it was Mm -hmm. a big deal to do that so they made a night of it so this was the night ben-hur was four hours long yeah so yeah so i i don't feel like that I think we've collectively decided that a movie is an hour and a half yeah. and this hadn't been decided at that point. Um, but I definitely enjoyed it. I mean, it's certainly well made and uh, yeah, let's get into the details. All right. Start us off. Uh, so they're in Monte Carlo and uh, a wealthy woman and her hired companion uh, run into Mr. DeWinter uh, and... Uh, well, I guess first time they meet is he's on the edge of a cliff. Yes. Which is, is very... He's on the precipice. Uh, he's about to jump. Yep. So she's, she's like, hey, don't jump. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> Thanks for interrupting me. Uh, Ruined a perfectly good suicide attempt. So, <laughs> so they, uh, they meet uh, in the lobby of the hotel, mm-hmm. uh, as you said. Uh, and we see that her employer is just like this miserable, like fame seeking, self important woman. Right. She she is wealthy and of status, and st- her status is kind of all she cares about. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and she's just constantly uh, uh, beating down her hired companion, mm-hmm. um, who I cannot get over this woman's eyebrows during the entire movie. What about them? That they're constantly up and down. I'm like, am I the only one that saw that? The one is constantly up <laughs> here. No? Okay. Just me? Yeah. I couldn't get past that. That's <laughs> all, all right. I was looking at the whole time. Lovely lady, crazy eyebrows. <laughs> they were just up in the behind her ears the whole movie. Hmm. <clears throat> um, but the employer gets sick. Yeah. Uh, and has to take medicine. <laughs> mm, blah. Give me chocolate now. <laughs> Which she had a giant, like... Tr- like trays of truffles or something beside her in yeah. bed. Uh, and what was she, she was like sitting in like, a, you know, there's like bleacher seats that you can put on the bleachers so you can still lean back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she was like, had one of those in her bed made of wicker or bamboo. Did you see that? I guess I didn't notice that. Now. So she was sitting up in bed, sitting on, imagine a, a chair with no legs. Yeah. So she can lean back in bed. Did you ever have like the they? I think they were big in like the late seventies and early eighties. Those, uh, I mean, it was basically like a soft pillow chair for bed. 
that you would like put behind your back and it even had like little arms. Oh yeah. 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 We had those. I never liked those. I don't like sitting in bed. Do you like sitting in bed? Yeah. I don't. I built I hate sitting in bed. I built our bed. Um and we have a big headrest uh for that reason. Like it's very tall so yeah. that you don't hit your head. Yeah. Like we have a a big, nice padded uh headrest. Mm-hmm. I don't like sitting in a bed. I don't like bed is for sleep and recreational activities. It's not for sitting and watching T V and stuff. Hmm. How do you see the T V when you're playing video games? Uh, well, that's what you meant when you said recreational activities, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Just checking. <laughs> uh, so uh, my mom was nice enough to uh, buy me a new mattress and box spring, and uh, I, I didn't, ha- I didn't have a bed, uh, and so she bought me just like one of those cheap like frames, and I'm a, a big dude, and she's like. Well, this will do for now, but if you want, if you're going to engage in any extracurricular activities, it probably won't hold up. And it didn't. <laughs> I've, I've broken two of those. Uh, hook up with me after this. I'll, sh- I'll tell you how to build a bed. I have, I have a nice bed now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I've gone through the two uh, <laughs> shitty frames. Yeah. If this was more of like a dude bro par- uh dude bro podcast, I feel like we should <laughs> high five right now, but that's not really a, <laughs> what we do. Yeah. Okay. Uh so they they uh there's a letter here very quick at the beginning as well. Yeah. Uh that we read and I appreciated that they didn't read it to us. Like mm-hmm. the movie assumes you know how to read. No movies do that anymore. No. It could be the most rated R movie that no children have ever been allowed would ever be allowed in, and they still read it to you. Because America is dumb. I know. I appreciated the fact that they just let us read this letter ourselves. Yeah. Uh, you probably don't want Sherlock. No. Um. So one of the things that I feel like modern filmmakers, modern and film and TV, uh, is like the texting like looking at our phones and stuff is such a big part of our lives how do you express that on screen i think the best that i've seen is is sherlock and that is like they'll be texting and it'll kind of it'll kind of appear in the world but like i've seen it done similarly and really badly sherlock i think does it the best um but yeah the they don't just have a character i've seen a lot of words where a character reads a text out loud and it always seems awkward and Everything I think that Sherlock has done it the best. Okay, I'll buy that. Having never seen <laughs> any of what you're talking about, uh, so because she has some free time, the hired help. Do we know her name? Who? Uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Okay. Okay. So Elizabeth uh, has a lot of free time, so she ends up meeting up with uh, our, not really our protagonist, because she's the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, our love interest. Our love interest. Uh, and courting him throughout the week, however long it is, a few days. So yeah, she gets week, word to like they gets word that they have to leave. Uh, she goes to tell him goodbye and he immediately proposes and she accepts and then we're on to our destination. Manderly. Uh, so we're there and immediately you end up getting the cold shoulder from like the main head madam of the, oh, yeah. that's not a madam. She's not a madam. <laughs> <The> headmistress. <laughs> head housekeeper. Head housekeeper. Yeah. Um, Danvers. Danny? This is Danvers. Danvers. 
She gets called Danny though. Oh, only by the that one dude. Yes, uh, Danvers, uh, and she's immediately gets the cold shoulder, and you realize that things are not going to go well between her and Elizabeth. Yeah. Uh, right before that, before the proposal, uh, Elizabeth says bosom, and I thought that was funny, and she also thought it was funny. I missed the bosom talk. Yeah, she said I looked up Capini. It was another definition. She was like, I looked up uh, another. I looked up the definition of companion. And it like meant like a, f- a friend held close to the bosom, and then she like smiled. Yeah, and I uh, was like, <laughs> bosom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a child. Uh, so to celebrate the new marriage, they have uh, his sister over and her husband, mm-hmm. and her husband uh, makes a very terrible sailing faux pas because he references sailing and hopes she's better at sailing. Yeah, uh, Rebecca, died. and he has an amazing reaction. <laughs> Which is, instead of going over it and pretending like I didn't happen, he goes, what? Ooh, covers his mouth and looks around. <laughs> like <laughs> He's my favorite character. It was like he was miming the fact that he just said a faux pas. It was wonderful. And then he just like goes back to quickly eating. <laughs> yes. It's like nothing happened. Don't acknowledge that. Don't acknowledge <laughs> that. Don't acknowledge that. Uh, so the our love interest to Winters... Uh, kind of a dick and very controlling he is and this is where i said that it it starts to feel a little dated because there's very uh much like a male centered thing going on throughout this film yeah and i think that has to do with the dating but it also has to do with hitchcock um so hitchcock was kind of notoriously bad to women yeah uh he was impotent and a lot of that stuff comes through his films like when you they really analyze like psycho and stuff they it's the penetration of the knife because he himself couldn't penetrate a woman because mm-hmm. he was impotent and things like that but notoriously he was pretty shitty to women as well um and i it may totally be irrelevant to this but i can't help but put hitchcock into it knowing those stories yeah. when i see that happens and i think part of it's probably the time period that it's set in too and it is based off of a novel yeah so, so that might not there. be fair but i just it's kind of hard to separate the art from the artist when you start seeing those overlapping things but it is very contrasted by his sister and and her husband where she has all the control in the relationship yep that's true that's right because they make it clear that he gets excused at the very beginning so yeah mm-hmm. it might it may be unfair of me to be putting hitchcock's notoriety with some of those other things that he's done into play with this um because to be f- i was gonna say because there's a, definitely a dynamic shift in their relationship that happens later yeah but i still feel like he's very controlling in that after that still so it is kind of uncomfortable to watch at points though mm-hmm. yeah did you uh, do you recall see, feeling that at all when you watched it before or is this just the time frame that we're watching it now that we're more aware of of the the relationship between the sexes i think um, I don't know. I look at the whole picture around there. He is more controlling of her, but I think he was more controlled by his first wife. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but you didn't notice that before, like when you had watched it when you were younger. Do you have any recollection of that? Like probably not the first time no. I watched it, but no, I did notice that. Yeah, later on. I think the coat thing was the weirdest. Yeah. They go on a walk, and uh, she's like, uh, he has a uh, servant fetch his coat. Yeah. 
or her coat, and uh, he brings it out. And she's like, oh, do I have to put it on now? And he's like, yes, a child needs her coat or something like that. Yeah, they said that too. And I heard that and I was like, wait, is she supposed to be like 14 or something? Like, am I what? Because she could have been playing 14. Like, this could have been a love affair between a and maybe, man and a maybe very that was girl. subtext because he does say never be, never be 36. Yeah, know? never be 36. And then, uh, like, she's eating her eggs. And he's like, be a good girl. Yeah. Finish your eggs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe, so maybe def- there was subtext there. Maybe there was, yeah. A little bit of a Lolita situation. Yeah, I guess we don't. We never know how old she really is. Um, so there's a series of... This is where I feel like this middle chunk is where I feel like you could do some cutting. Yeah. Because um, there's uh, just a lot of instances of her being uncomfortable around the house, mm-hmm. him kind of showing her dominance over there, and then showing the strife between... Uh, uh, Danners, Danvies, Danny, Danvers, Dangers, and and Elizabeth. But not only that, it's she. It, it is really the conflict between Elizabeth and Rebecca, mm-hmm. and Danvers kind of comes in to fan the flames. But you know, she's got monogrammed monogrammed R's everywhere. Her address book and um, pillows and every everything has an R on it. Yep. Um, so you're trying to you're you're living this through Elizabeth, trying to figure out what her place is when she's coming in to. Not she doesn't want to replace Rebecca, right? Uh, but she's being viewed as she's replacing her. She feels like she's literally trampling in her on her things, mm-hmm. uh, and is trying to find out what her place is in this home, in the shadow of Rebecca, right? Uh, and like it's it's very awkward. Like all the servants, um, is servants a weird word? No, all, all the staff have a hard time because you know. They talk about Mrs. DeWinters, but she's Mrs. DeWinters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The, uh, I remember reading an interview with like the head housekeeper or whatever, the White House, that's mm-hmm. been there for like longer than anybody. And they were talking about the different, uh, the different uh, families that have came in. And they said that by far they're, they didn't use the word least favorite you got that feeling a little bit was the Clintons. And the reason that they said that was because they got there and they had the Bushes and the Reagans had had, were used to having people working for them, but the Clintons never had that. Mm. So it was like more, I say more, but not completely average people, more average people moving in. Like imagine if you all of a sudden just had 10 people living in your house trying to do things for you. Yeah. I think they reacted the same way, and they were very much like, I'll do that myself. It's cool. I'm comfortable. But these people are like, just let me do my job. So I think they had the, the struggle with the Clintons of trying to do that. Yeah, because Bill Clinton's just a hillbilly at heart, really. Yeah, exactly. Nothing wrong with hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was really interesting. And you were just talking about servants, and it reminded me. Yeah. And I thought about it during this movie, too. Because they were totally – because she's wrestling with that, too. Mm-hmm. Just like Elizabeth, just like Bill Clinton. Yeah. We are identifying with her – the average person is that you're watching it identifying with her and that it would be weird like to be told you don't have to pick up your jacket or things like that and i think that they don't expressly talk about that but i think hitchcock is such a great filmmaker the way he um he composed a lot of his shots and the blocking and everything like that you did whatever sound in the mic and then you moved away that's (laughs) too late well that one surprised me uh, <laughs> um so at times like she would walk out of a room 
and it would seem like the butler or Danvers or somebody is like stalking her. Yeah. But really, they're just trying to be attentive. They're yes. trying to do their job. Exactly. But, but you it feel... looks, the, the camera and everything, it makes it seem sure. like there's like stalking going and on. And I don't think we should take anything away from the actress either, though, because she is very much portraying that uncomfortability and in, in keeping her shoulders pushed in together and kind of covering her chest and things like that. She's showing how uncomfortable she is in those situations and that she's timid and that she's cowering to Danvers who is standing upright and looking her straight in the eye. Whereas Elizabeth Elizabeth is looking away and doesn't want to meet her gaze. Mm-hmm. Um, so like big things from this middle section are really just um, Danvers kind of, um, keeps keeps ta- taunting her a bit mm-hmm. and toying with her and then it all culminates uh, when they're gonna have a masquerade ball and danvers suggests oh well why don't you uh go as this lady from this painting it's it's mr DeWinter's favorite yep. uh, and, it uh, turns out. and he promptly sees her and yells at her yeah to get out of that dress she doesn't immediately do it so she gets yelled at again <laughs> And uh, it's because she set her up because that's what Rebecca had wore the, the year, year before. before. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, she basically whispers in her ear to, to commit suicide. She opens a window um, and she starts saying, the end, you know how easy it would be mm-hmm. to just, just end it all right here. And never having seen this, that was a total possibility for me that she was going to jump. I don't know about you, good, but I thought there was a total possibility, which is good for the film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she doesn't though. Nope. Uh, and because they, uh, uh, flare goes off from yep. a ship. Um, which at first I was like, "Oh, they have fireworks!" <laughs> oh, it's a flare. <laughs> and so everybody in the party immediately rushes out to yep. to go help. What caused that shipwreck? Uh, we don't know. But while they were, while the divers were looking at for. Uh, survivors or whatever from the shipwreck they also discovered the uh sailboat yes that rebecca was in yes uh and this is where de winters uh confesses to elizabeth that she is there because he put her there mm-hmm. uh because she accidentally died and yes. he was afraid that he was going to get uh tried for the murder mm-hmm. and he caused the boat to sink with her inside of it yep Would, uh, we should also say that he this is this is curious because he had previously identified another woman yes uh as as her mm-hmm. um and this is where the movie like i feel like picks up again yes this is th- this last half hour again is where it starts because you got that middle lag there for a mm-hmm. solid little bit that lots of good stuff in there it's good but it could really be exactly trimmed down. yep yep no point is anything bad but it's just i think it's just repetitive mm-hmm. um so then uh, he's well aware that now uh, they're going to have lots of questions for him because now you have two dead Rebecca's. Yeah. Um, also, during his confession, he says something weird, which is she was standing over there with her hand in her pocket and the other hand had a cigarette. That's an Alanis Morissette line. I thought it was flashing a peace sign. Well, it's a bunch of different things. Oh, okay. Cause then the other hand is playing a piano, lots of different things, but one of them is... I've uh, got one hand in my pocket and the other one's holding a cigarette. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was weird. I didn't expect to hear an Alanis Morissette <laughs> line in this movie from 1940. I didn't expect to see David Hasselhoff from the movie from 1961. All right. Shocks all over. <laughs> so uh, we end up having, is this, 
an investigation? Is this? It's an inquiry. I don't know 1940s English uh, judicial system enough to understand exactly what's going on, but it's, I think the the equivalent here would be um, uh, like a grand jury, and so it is a formal investigation brought on by the court. Um, but this one seemed semi-public. I don't know. Yeah, it was weird. And then so they start asking questions. Um, the a boat expert is like this definitely sunk from somebody inside of it. Yeah, this the valves were open yeah. and the holes were drilled from the inside. Uh, and they start to interview De Winters, and he starts to lose his cool. But luckily, Elizabeth faints at the exact right time, and they can continue. Mm-hmm. Um, so they step out, and Rebecca's former lover. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we find out she was an adulterer as well, uh, adulteress, adulteress, adulteress. Yes. Uh, Tries to blackmail to Winters. Yeah. Saying, I have this letter that says she totally would not have uh, committed suicide on that night because she said she had something very important to tell me. Um, but de Winters outs him immediately and says this dude's trying to blackmail me. Yeah. Uh, brings, it, the, brings in the, the lead cop guy. And the lead cop guy is like, all right, everybody, let's go talk to this, to a doctor that she had met the day before. Yeah. Would they have brought everybody along? That's seems weird I thought it was weird that they brought the the guy who was blackmailing him yes they're like, <laughs> like that, yeah. that's what i said i don't know enough about 1940s the guy blackmailing him and accusing him of murder the guy being accused of murder let's all go have a <laughs> jolly road trip you are you two riding together okay yeah. you two ride together Shotgun. i'll meet you there <laughs> it's weird right yeah okay good uh so they end up going and talk to the doctor who has the best memory ever mm-hmm. just phenomenal it was a memory. Year ago. Mm-hmm. And he remembers everything that she said, uh, and exactly, exactly where she what was she standing. Like. Where she was standing. Here, uh, here is a bit of a plot hole. Right? Is Danvers says that Rebecca had was going to that doctor even before she met, but he didn't know her name. But she had always used the pseudonym of Danvers, Mrs. Danvers. So. It was before Manderley. Well, I guess they do say that she came in after. Re- no, they say she came in after Rebecca yeah. had already been married. I came in when Rebecca was a bride. Yes. So she, before going before marrying him, she would not have used the pseudonym of Mrs. Danvers. No, she didn't use Mrs. I thought it was just Miss. But where'd she come up with the Danvers name? Yeah, where'd she come up with the Danvers? If she didn't meet her until after she married you him. You know what? I I always. It didn't say that she didn't meet her. It said that she became a part of the household with the bride. I always thought that was her mother. Hmm. It's totally a possibility. Yeah. Could have been her maiden name, and Danvers is still. Mm-hmm. We could see that. Yeah. And that's why Danny was so protective of Rebecca and her memory. That would make sense. I got I'll it. buy that as headcanon. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Done. Um, so obviously it was suicide based on what the doctor said. She yeah. had cancer. She was going to die soon. Yeah. But because she had cancer, you see his confession in a whole new light in that she, she told him that she was with child mm-hmm. and, uh, she was doing, and then he, because it's well established that he just goes off into rages. Mm-hmm. He goes off in a rage and she 
falls down and hits her head while smiling and laughing. Obviously, obviously on purpose. Yeah, it was suicide by husband for sure. Right. So her last act on this earth was to frame her husband for her own murder. Mm-hmm. Kind of a bee. Yeah. Yep. So that's uh, the theme of the movies. First wife, total bee. Mm-hmm. Second wife, uh, you know, probably doesn't deserve him. I don't know. I guess in this one, DeWinters wasn't that bad. Sardonicus was definitely bad. Yeah, Sardonicus was a bad dude. I don't think... He was just a dick that treated her like a child. Yeah, that's true. But, there, but there's definitely a before he tells her the truth mm-hmm. and an after. And as far as their relationship goes like he opens up a little bit more they very much feel like they're really a couple and you originally i was watching this and i thought it was because of the time frame that it was made that you didn't show kissing on screen but it's not until three quarters of the movie's over that you see them actually kiss for the first time and it's after it's right after he's made that confession to her Mm -hmm. and that can't be an accident that hitchcock did that you see uh de winter's like kiss her on the cheek or the forehead or her head at times, but you never actually see them kiss until after he makes that confession. And I think that's when you actually really start seeing them as a couple, as opposed to like this weird love interest where the power is weighted totally with him as opposed to her. Yeah. And so that's the end of the movie, right? Pretty much. That's that's when we got up to pee. It was like 207.49 out of the 210 movie. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, they he calls and says that, hey, uh, she committed suicide. Go to sleep. Like, everything's fine. Uh, and she's like, I'm not going to go to sleep. But Mr. Adulter guy calls Danvers and says, hey, turns out it was suicide. Doesn't that suck? Like, she never told us that she had cancer. And so Danvers does not want them to be happy. So she burns the whole house down. Um, Which sucks, but they kind of don't care because they're together again. Yeah. With the dog. Also, did you notice that dog didn't really seem to accept Elizabeth until that moment when they really became a couple? Yeah. The dog was always separated from them. And then Mm -hmm. he told her the truth. And then the dog was in her lap. Yeah. Yep. I feel like that feeds right into that whole whole thing yeah really uh, good filmmakers they do things like that yeah they don't immediately pick up on exactly no that's what i was gonna say like i feel like you could watch it again and pick that stuff up because the more that i think about it i really like your theory about the the mother thing mm-hmm. I've, i'm buying that more and more as i'm thinking about it yeah. that's what i've always thought each yeah. time i've watched it yeah I've, i'm sure if you watch that and thinking that going in you can see that totally i would buy that for sure mm-hmm. there goes your plot hole justin bah. mom just filled it mm. um Overall thoughts, Justin? Or I think we just kind of said them. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yep. Classic for a reason. It is. Uh, you want to talk about next week? Next week. Okay. Um, so what we do at this point every week is I give Justin the movies that we're going to watch. He looks at the covers, hasn't seen them, obviously, tells us what he thinks they're going to be about, uh, and then we end the podcast. I'm going to change it this week a little bit. I'm going to give, I've got two different sets of movies over here to choose from. I'm going to give you one of each and you pick the movie that we're watching movies that we're watching next week. Okay. Okay. So what you're going to do is I'm going to give you the cover of a movie. I'm going to give you a movie. You're going to tell us what it is. You're going to tell us what you think it's going to be about. And then 
You're going to pick which one we're going to watch for our pair. No feedback from Justin. No input from Justin. Okay. Sound fair? Okay. Good with that? All right. First movie. So this is first movie of option one. Okay. Trick or treat. You don't have to hit the microphone. You just have to get up on so it. So you're just telling me what okay. you think it is based on the cover. Yeah, don't read the back. Don't read the back. No, you're no. going. You want to go in blind. Going in blind. Just you just tell me what you describe what you think. Describe what you is. describe what you're seeing and what you think it's going to be. You mean besides really stupid? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So that's something good. Keep we're going. Gonna, we're going to watch it on the podcast. It's going to be really stupid. I don't know. It looks like. Uh, Spirits are coming after them. I have no idea. Okay. So you got a guy playing a guitar, right? On there. Right. Okay. And then like a spirit guy. This is an audio podcast, right? They can't see that. I was showing him. Never mind. All right. So you got a rock guy with flames and uh, like a bird talon demon, right? Some sort of demon with its tongue out, like licking the, the dude. Yeah. So what do we? What do you think we're gonna see with that? Any idea? Some sort of weird rock demon. Okay, that's fair. But not rock as in like hard, but rock as in fucking rock. Like metal, right? Ah. Not rock metal. Yeah, from the shape <laughs> of that guitar, that's metal. All right, so that would be option one. All right, okay. option two. Tell me what that is, and tell me what you think it's gonna be. I don't know. It's knock knock, and we got one guy, two women. It's got to be a love triangle of some kind. Okay, he's having an affair. Okay, good. That's isn't a good that idea. Your, isn't that your favorite actor? No, it's not my favorite actor. But okay, that's the only movie you've. The only movie you've ever walked out of the theater on was one of his, right? No. And I can't remember the name of it. Blue Heaven? I'm sorry? Was it Blue Heaven? It had John Mellencamp in it. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember who all was in it because I didn't watch enough of it. I thought it was a Keanu Reeves movie. I don't believe he was in it. I, I... Apparently, I'm forgetting the story. Something about okay. grace. <laughs> There's grace in their title, I think. Yeah. But, no, it was just a really bad movie. Okay. So, which of these do you think we should watch next week? Which which pairing? Should we do Knock Knock or Trick or Treat? You choose what we're doing next week. I think you should do Knock Knock. Knock Knock. God damn it. <laughs> Ah, shit. Oh, that was fantastic. Okay, see, there's one one little detail on here (laughs) that you did not see. (laughs) It says an Eli Roth film. (laughs) Eli (laughs) Eli Roth is terrible. (laughs) He is awful. Uh, He doesn't know how to write characters. Have you ever heard of Hostel? Hostel is kind of the thing that... Supposedly invented the torture porn genre of movies. He did Hostel. Uh, yeah. I just want to point out how much of an evil genius I am that I just let your mom cause you so much pain. <laughs> uh, Justin, so next week, what do we have? Next. 
Oh, are you serious? Yeah, we you already knew those this were the, the pairing. Yep, this is the same pairing from. <laughs> I gave him this option a while ago, knowing that he hates Eli Roth so much, and he was like, "We're not doing that." <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is the weird uh, dude tied up a male sex fantasy carried to the point of no return, violent and unnerving death game. <laughs> uh, yeah, with the weird dice and the basically naked ladies. Oh, yeah, and the backgammon with the knife. I forgot about the, the backgammon with the knife. God, this is going to be awful. <laughs> and what are we going to see with Knock Knock? Uh, I don't even remember. I just <laughs> saw Eli Roth and was like, no, thank you. Uh, I don't know. What if... What if Wild Things were a thriller? Okay, good. I'm so happy right now. That worked out just like I'd hoped. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Uh, you better be. Yeah. Okay. Justin, what else you got for us? So in Rebecca, there's this kid with a hoop who's playing with the hoop. <laughs> and I didn't get to say it earlier, but I'm saying it now. I don't think anyone ever did that. I can't believe that. 